Hi, I'm Anna. And I'm Kristen. We're best friends who both happen to have been born with limb differences. Join us as we talk about the many ways our limb differences impact our lives. From medical intervention to bullying to dating, we're covering it all. And we hope you'll share your stories with us along the way. This is Life and Limb. song hi what hey Kristen hi hi we were recording (laughs) (laughs) I'm leaving it I love it it's listen okay you did exactly what I told you to do but now I hate it I know but you can't hate it because it was adorable I'm singing our own theme song (laughs) well I think that's a good segue. I mean, right before we hit record, we were talking about the fact that, you know, in uh, in our... Okay, so for those of you who d- don't podcast or don't know anybody who does podcast, typically you record episodes a little bit in advance. And so the, re- the episodes that we've recorded prior to this one, we <laughs> when we recorded them, we didn't have an intro or theme music or anything. Yeah, we wanted to have a couple episodes in the can before we set the launch date and so we we hadn't decided what was what was going to be our theme music or anything so and at first we thought we were going to write one because you know I'm in a band I write music I'm a music director for um, a local uh, podcast and performance troupe and and I play guitar Anna is also very musically talented and then it just sort of was like who has the time? Who has the time? <laughs> and even if we wrote something, how do we get a great recording of it? Like exactly. a professional sounding. And then it hit me. My band has released two albums. There has to be 30 seconds of music somewhere in our discography that is sort of the the tone that we were looking for. Yep. And it's already there, ready for us to use. So I found one. It's um, it's from my band is called So Long Stargazer, and our theme music is taken from our song Ready Up. Yes, which is from our first album called Look Up. Yes, check out So Long Stargazer. You can find Look Up on Spotify. They also have a new album called Venture, um, which I don't know if it's available to stream anywhere yet. Is it? Yeah, it is. Oh, fantastic! And Venture is. Absolutely amazing and a little bit spooky because (laughs) they wrote this before a pandemic hit and before the political climate was the way it is now. And it was supposed to be like, ooh, look at this dystopian future that could happen. And then we're kind of there now. (laughs) Yeah, it's a rock opera that we released in December, planning on it being sort of a cautionary tale about the path that we were on as a society. And then um, we were going to start touring it as a as a pretty extensively produced live show Mm -hmm. in the spring. And then pretty much exactly what we had written happened. Yeah. It was bizarre. So, I mean, we haven't gotten to like the end part yet, which I won't spoil, but I hope we can reverse course before we get that far. Yeah. But it's like, we're living (laughs) it. So I don't know how much people want to listen to that right now. Exactly. So, I mean, maybe once the world calms down a little bit and is like slightly less on fire, check out Venture. But, but in the meantime, yeah, our theme song ready up is one of the more upbeat songs from our first album. So yeah, it's actually kind of fitting with our subject matter too. It's very uplifting, very pro you know, go out there, do what you want to do. 
uh, don't give up on yourself type of thing. So So, yeah. Thank you so long, Stargazer. Thank you, Kristen Green, um, Chase McCants, Nick Ray, and Tommy, uh, forgetting his Tommy Lee Davis. Tommy Davis. Thank you. So those are the band members of So Long, Stargazer. If you ever are in Columbus, when they get the chance to play live again, they do a great live show as well. Aw, thank you. Yeah. So welcome back to Life and Limb. (laughs) Welcome back. I'm Kristen Green. I'm Anna Stiles. And we're here to talk about adaptations. Adaptations. Yeah. Yeah. So, but before that, since we last recorded, we launched the podcast. We did. And it's going great. I think so. It's, (laughs) I, I was not expecting the number of people that, I mean, Right now, if I look at my dashboard on SoundCloud where we host it, we have 126 plays, which means that, I mean, if, if let's pretend that 126 divided by two, which I'm literally doing on a calculator right now because I can't do it in my head, is 63. <laughs> so if 63 people listen to both episodes, that's 126. Yeah. So, I mean, 63 people's a lot of people. Yeah, we're recording three days after we launched. So yeah. that's not bad. No. And, um... The other thing is just the number of people who have messaged us, um, direct messaged us yes. specifically on mostly Instagram, I think, so far. Yes. Um, and it's just, you know, even if there isn't a question or they didn't necessarily have something they wanted us to say on air, just hearing the feedback and um, just the stories in general of people who have similar experiences and who want to connect with other people um, with limb differences and just how important this obviously is is so touching and very very um I, I'm for me at least unexpected it, unexpected in a really really lovely way I mean I'll be honest I cried <laughs> over a couple of different messages I've definitely and gotten choked up as well yeah it's just knowing that there's a community out there of people when a lot of your life you may not have seen anybody who looks like you you know and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden there's this community who's just like hey I needed this too and None yeah. of us even really knew we needed it. No. So it's awesome. It's going great. Yeah. Thank I'm you excited. Guys. I'm yeah. really excited. Thank you guys so much for listening. It yeah. really means a lot to us. And again, just as a reminder, if you have any questions for us, and I want to say too, don't worry about offending us. If you have a question that you've always wanted to ask somebody with a limb difference, but like never had the courage to do that or didn't want to offend we're not going to get offended we're here to answer honest questions so ask away I mean we're yeah you can you can never get mad at curiosity and people who just really want to learn exactly and who are genuinely interested in finding out what the best way is to communicate with someone about something that they're not used to exactly yeah so even if you don't have a limb difference yourself and you just think this is interesting or yeah. you know have any question at all let us let us know we we welcome any and every question. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Hey, let's catch up. Let's catch up. Yay. You want to go first? You want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay. So since the last time we recorded, here's what I've decided. All it takes for the universe to completely contradict me on something is for me to record (laughs) it in a podcast and release it to the world to hear. Because... The last time, I think, in in our third episode, my catch-up was... That before then, I hadn't even heard of fibular hemimelia. Yes. And I had gone on record as saying, my thing doesn't have a name. I'm on an island all out here by myself. And then the very next time we recorded, it's like, well, there goes that. (laughs) It's it's a whole thing. There's a community. There are groups online that you can join. And 
here's what you have, Kristen. Yep. Get off your island. <laughs> um, so last time in that same episode or recently, I don't remember which one, I said, yeah, because I was talking about how on a day-to-day basis, I have pretty much little to no pain, or if it is, it's passing and yeah. not even worth mentioning. In the week after we recorded that, I had so much foot and ankle pain. Oh, no. It, I was genuinely like, I jinxed myself. Oh, my gosh. Like, something, my screws are going to need to be removed. Something is going oh, on. Oh, no. So here's what I think it was. I think it was a combination of the fact that the weather has gotten, it's significantly colder. Yes. And it feels like it happened overnight. And I did mention that the circulation in my ankle and foot is not great. So I mm-hmm. do have to be a little bit aware of when, you know, when when my toes and my foot starts to go yeah. a little numb, a little more so than other people would need to worry about. And then also the bottom of my foot is not a completely flat surface. It's a little, little bumpy, a yes. little bony in places. And I live in an apartment that's hardwood floors. Ah. And I think... I was just adjusting to that, but it felt like when I walked barefoot on the hardwood floor, it just felt like something was crunching or grinding and it was a shooting pain. No. And I have had, my foot has shifted in ways, um, like a new callus has formed or it just feels like, like the terrain of my foot has evolved a little Mm -hmm. over the years my toes uh turn out more than they used to and I thought oh no my foot has shifted in a way where walking barefoot on a flat surface is not gonna be good for me like what do I yeah what do I do oh gosh um it went away oh for a couple no (laughs) it it did go away but I don't know what that was about other than I you said it. I said it. Okay, so you are only allowed to say positive things from now on. You are only allowed to speak on this podcast things well, that no, we because want to what come I said, true. What I said was positive, that I have no pain, and then the universe was like, we'll see about that. Oh, that's true. So. So be incredibly negative? I don't want to do no, that. No, let's not do let's, that. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just take the universe's humor as it comes, I guess. Sounds but, good. Oh, gosh. I'm so sorry no, about it's, that. It's fine. It's really, it wasn't even that bad. It was just... It was consistent enough and several days in a row. Yeah. And it was just like, oh my God, what is happening right here? <laughs> it's been so good for so long. And now, huh. Now that you talked about how good it is. Yeah. It's it's back to good though. It was good. just, it was a bad, you know, Littlefoot had a bad couple Littlefoot of days. Littlefoot had a bad few days. Yeah. You didn't have a bad few days. Littlefoot did. Littlefoot did. I was there for, for it, for him, for whatever that <laughs> pronouns Littlefoot uses. I, yeah. <laughs> we won't get back into that. But yeah, that's my thing. Oh, well, I'm so glad it got better. I am. Me I, too. That was horrifying to listen to thinking, oh gosh, is that just your new normal? But well, yeah. no, it was and just. I, I love being barefoot. So if yeah. there was ever something to happen where I couldn't comfortably walk barefoot anymore, and I know that is a thing for some people. Yeah. Um, that would be really hard. Flat surfaces or hard surfaces just don't work for their, for their limb. Um, yeah. That'd be an adjustment. It would be. Anyway. Yeah. How about you? So for me, um, well, it is spooky season as we're recording this. We are recording in October. I believe we are releasing this one on November 2nd. So it'll be just a little bit past Halloween. Spooky season is in your heart. 
Kristen and it's in is your a soul. huge Halloween fan for anybody who doesn't know. <laughs> I just got done giving Anna a, a tour of all the decorations that I bought for Halloween and they're phenomenal. It's like you're in the middle of explaining something to someone and as you're talking you realize how overboard you may have gone. <laughs> No, it's overboard in the best way, though. It looks incredible in here. Thank so, you. Yeah. I love it. Um, So, yeah. So, my husband and I were watching Big Brother. We watch Big Brother all the time <laughs> together. That's one of our trash reality shows that we just absolutely love. You got to have one. Oh, yeah. Um, And he turned it off. And oh, we were watching this in our new house, by the way. We are moved in. So. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. yeah you've seen it. You've gotten the full tour. We've yep. done brunch there. I mean, it's, yeah, you're, you basically live there now. <laughs> so we were watching uh, Big Brother and my husband turned it off because the recording was done and we had recorded it. So it was on DVR and he turned it off and we landed on the sci-fi network somehow. I don't know why we were on that channel before. And we immediately were like, what are we watching? And turns out it was a movie called Wrong Turn 2, Dead End, which if you haven't heard of the Wrong Turn series, it is a really, really gory, bizarre slasher film that it it's campy and bizarre and it knows what it is. Uh. Like, it's about inbred hillbilly cannibals in the mountains of West Virginia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> do you know it? Yeah. Did you watch it? I watched, we watched the whole thing. <laughs> it was like towards the beginning? Oh, it was pretty close to the beginning. Oh, my I mean, gosh. we got the concept. But like, so we were just sitting there and we were like, what are we watching right now? And we got sucked into it and he recorded, like apparently the fourth one is coming up on sci-fi and he like set it to record. And so I was just like, this is so bizarre. It's so weird. And so I went to look up more information about the series because obviously we started on number two and I was like, are they all the same? Not only is there two, I found out there are six with a seventh in production. Oh, I didn't know there were that many. Yeah, wow. there are a ton. And, and I looked up some information about the characters and there is one main character who appears throughout the whole series who's supposedly the main antagonist give you one guess what his name is trevor no (laughs) (laughs) that is such a good guess i don't know (laughs) no that's her husband's name by the way yeah (laughs) i think you've said that but but um no his name is three finger (gasps) that's oh my god (laughs) so the main antagonist of this series is called three finger because on his right hand he has three fingers oh my god so i was waiting for how this related to your little (laughs) hand not that it always has to i mean we've said maybe it won't so i thought maybe she's this is just a funny thing no his name is three finger and oh my gosh apparently in one of the prequels like it shows that he was in like an insane asylum and was like chewed off two of his fingers or something so he wasn't born with it but he's still limb different but um oh yeah it doesn't matter how it all of these hillbilly cannibals are referred to by like they're quote-unquote deformities so there's three finger there's one eye there's like sawtooth and stuff and i'm just like it seems a little insensitive and then i was like anna they're inbred hillbilly cannibals killing people in the woods we don't have to feel bad about them yeah but but still i was just like there was a little moment for me where i found that name and i was like oh man 
you know, like three finger, three finger. But so it was just, it was both kind of a chuckle and sort of a like, oh, okay. So the inbred hillbilly cannibals defining feature is that he has three fingers. Lovely. I mean, it does make sense if you're trying to get away from these people to call them by their character identifying yeah. characteristic. Of course. Sure. Yeah. But no, so that was just hilarious. And I mean, the movies are very, very gory. So if that bothers you, do not watch them. But if you're looking for like a very weird horror slasher series to watch this Halloween season, which is over now, maybe next Halloween <laughs> or um, anytime. Yeah. Wrong turn. Really strange. I'm just so happy that A, that you found that because that's a really good <laughs> catch up. Also, I didn't think that that would be your kind of movie. Oh, it's really kind of not. It's just one of those things where like... But it was campy enough. It was was, campy enough that we were laughing and we were just like, we can't look away. It's like a train wreck, you know, where like you want to not watch it and you just can't stop. Yep. That's my catch up. (laughs) That's a good one. I like it. Well, so our next segment, as you now may know, is called We We See see You. You. And it's my turn. It's your turn. I'm very excited. Um, I'm excited. It's your turn too. (laughs) So mine today is somebody that I've known about since I discovered the Lucky Finn Project. And I'm going to be giving him a shout out because it kind of relates to something that we're going to be talking about today with adaptations. So um, his name is Tony Memel. He is a singer-songwriter. Yes. I love him. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Isn't he great? Yes. Um, He's a singer-songwriter. He's immensely talented. Just a beautiful voice. And also he has like the world's cutest little boy. He's a dad Mm -hmm. and just his child is adorable. But um, he is missing his entire, I believe, left arm from the elbow down. And I believe his is a congenital difference. So... He wanted to play guitar, and so he made himself this little contraption. He uses, I believe, Gorilla Tape and fastens something that makes a pick work, so he's able to stick this to his arm, and he is able to do some really incredible picking. Like, I I listened to – you know what? I'm going to see if I can bring this up. I don't know how it would sound if I played it through my phone into the microphone, but I want to I want to share this with you. I I've listened to his um the videos where he plays. I never really I looked at his limb to see how he was doing it, but I didn't I didn't examine it close enough to really get how it he quite yeah it looks like it's gorilla tape and I'm not I'm not positive how he does the actual pick attachment but um Tony if you're listening and you want to let us know that'd be sweet but yeah (laughs) please do but so here is one of the recent videos I mean, it goes on like that. I love his voice. And if you're listening to that and you play guitar or you know guitar, that's not just standard strumming. Mm -mm. I mean, he's doing some finger picking in there without fingers. That's incredible. And it's very cool. I really like his voice. I know. Um, That's very much like if I'm going to listen to something folksy or country. I Probably more folks. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's... 
the yeah. type of vocals that I just love. I know. I gravitate towards that too. And he's the one who actually wrote the Lucky Finn Project's theme song. Did he? Yeah. And so I didn't know that. It's really adorable. Um, if you look up the Lucky Finn Project online, there's a video um, from one of their weekend events where his theme song is the background music playing and it's just wonderful. So, I mean – Big shout out to Tony Memel. He's going around and he does talks for like elementary school kids about difference and plays the music. And like he's just doing really awesome work and his music is great. Please check him out. He's wonderful. That was a good one. Yeah. (laughs) And it fits really well with our conversation that we're going to be having today. It does. Which is about adaptations adaptations yeah how do you make things in the world work for you yes when when there isn't an obvious way exactly for for them to work with your limb difference exactly yeah um so I've got a couple in mind I don't I'm sure you do as well um oh yeah I think one that we have in common is clothing yeah we both namely accessories Mm -hmm. we both definitely have to do some finagling for like gloves on my end and shoes on your end. Yeah. Um, and we kind of talked about this when you did your uh, shout out to Savannah uh-huh. um, about how she tied the fingers of her gloves together. Yeah. And I was shocked, <laughs> <laughs> which I that was not meant to be an uh, insult to you. I was just <laughs> legitimately so surprised that that had never occurred never to occurred you. Never occurred to me. Because my thing ever since I was little, and not just about things with um, my leg or foot, kind of anything, any clothes, if I like something, but I can't find it in a size that fits me or my hair or, mm-hmm. you know, I want to do my hair a certain way, I just make it work. Yeah. Like I, I pin it, I safety pin it, I bobby pin it, I tie it, I make it be where I want it to be and right. fit how I want it to fit. So the same has always, it's always been the same thing with little foot. Sure. So yeah, toe socks, I would tie the empty toe holes together yeah. <laughs> or um shoes shoes are a whole big thing yeah should I just go into it just go into okay. shoes <laughs> so for open-toed shoes summer warm weather shoes whatever they're a little easier um I love flip-flops because they're perfect with my two toes yeah that's all you need to have you know that piece in between your toes to hold them on Felt and like then the thong or something yeah, yeah I was trying to avoid using that word <laughs> I don't I hate I My hate bad. referring to shoes as thongs fair even though I know that that's that is a correct it's accurate yeah um and then I just I cut the back off mm-hmm. because it's always so much longer than I need it to be yeah I just it's cut just it like off foam, right yeah, Most mostly I I usually have to buy cheaper uh flip-flops sometimes I'll get the the higher quality ones and I just need a better pair of scissors yeah I just I just make it work and then sort of closed-toed but fabric shoes like Tom yeah like those style like canvas yeah what I do and I'll post a picture um to go along with this just so you can get a better idea of it what I do is I cut the sides so that it's just a flap I cut the side away from the bottom mm-hmm. and I leave it attached and then I cut the excess of the bottom of the shoe away and then I rewrap the side around the back and I just pin it where it's tight enough to hold the shoe I always wondered how you did that yeah that's That's really neat yep yeah it's it's cool that you figured out a solution that works and if I cared about making it look prettier I could probably learn how to you know sew a button onto it but Mm -hmm. 
usually I just safety pin it. I've got a pack of the larger safety pins and I just, I just pin it. Sure. That's all I do. I just make it work. Exactly. Um, and then for closed toed shoes, it's a little more annoying. Um, so I either, if it's a boot or something that ties up higher onto my leg, Mm -hmm. sometimes I'll just buy one pair of shoes and I'll just tie it tight enough and it goes high enough up on my ankle or up onto my leg where it will stay on. It's a little awkward having so much toe area that's not filled. Um, and even if I like put a sock or something in, into that space, it's still, it just still feels awkward, especially on stairs. Like I've gotten so used to how much room I need to leave, you know, in, in just your natural stride. Right. So I'm always like banging the front of, a shoe when I wear the same size, I'm always banging it on stairs or into things because I'm not used to my foot on that side being that big. That makes total sense. Um, Otherwise, if I want it to fit or if it's not a shoe that like laces up or that I am able to make stay on that foot, I just have to buy two sizes. Yeah. And the hard thing with that is that my left foot is a eight in women's Uh and little foot is... About a 13 or a 1 in kids. Wow. So it's it's a big discrepancy. It's a big discrepancy. And they and don't... And it's not even the same, like, clothing size Yeah. A lot category. of times... Yeah. They'll make a kid's shoe that is similar to the women's shoe, but it always has a more childlike feature about it. Like, they put a little, a little glitter flower on the side. Sure. Or, I don't know, it doesn't quite match up. But usually... I can find a kid's shoe in the biggest size they have that will fit my left foot. Okay. And I know this is kind of recent, uh, but I remember I sent you a link to Zappos now. Yes. Has a new adaptive line where you can buy single shoes. Individual shoes. Yeah. It's a little limited right now. I uh, I did browse it. There were some good basic options on there. I'm hoping that it expands, that this idea catches on. Yeah, it's just, it gets really annoying having to pay for two pairs of shoes. So I always have to go for cheap shoes. Right. And they end up costing me what, like a good, one good pair of shoes would cost someone else. In the long term. Yeah. Yeah. There's that, there's that whole, um, there's a story or a moral lesson that I saw somewhere about like the cycle of poverty where it's like the man who can afford a good pair of shoes will never have to buy those shoes again. Whereas mm-hmm. the man who can only afford the cheap pair of shoes will end up paying so much more over the long term because he has to keep buying the cheap pairs of shoes yeah. that he gets caught in that cycle. So it's kind of similar with it you. It is. It really is. And I mean, it's not that big a deal for me. It's I've got my system down pretty well. Yeah. But I do remember just those moments of frustration that it would take longer and you have to try harder to find the thing that's going to work for you. Right. So... Yeah, that's my that's my shoe process. <laughs> yeah. I, I make them work. Yes. And so I always, when I was growing up, you know, oh, poor me, I can't wear gloves right. And then I met you and I was like, oh, this is less of a problem <laughs> because uh-huh. I don't walk on my hands, you know, like. Yeah, that's are, the thing you want. And especially for women, like shoes are right. stereotypically a big a, deal a thing for us. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's not only something aesthetic where you want them to be cute it also needs to be incredibly functional right and finding a combination of the two in a way that works for me can be very annoying exactly 
Yeah, so gloves are not nearly as big of a deal, but they're still an annoyance. I mean, oh, it's yeah. it's one of those things where, I mean, I wore mittens as a kid and that worked fine. Um, and as an adult, mittens are still an option. Um, however, I've noticed that because I have so much space in a mitten on my little hand, it tends to get colder than it would if I had mm. like all the other fingers. So gloves are better for me. But what I've done in the past is I have had the ability or somebody else has done this for me. They'll take a set of, you know, typical gloves and modify them Mm -hmm. by cutting off two of the fingers and part of the hand and sewing it back together. And it works. It's a temporary fix. It doesn't fit quite right. You know what I mean? It just never is quite the right fit because I mean, my, I think I talked about Phil my finger that I didn't know what it was. I'm not that, sure if you have Have yet. I introduced Phil? I don't think so. Okay, quick recap if I haven't. I have a thumb, I have an index finger, and then for a long time I didn't know that I also had a middle finger before I knew it was ulnar longitudinal deficiency. So we weren't sure what my last finger, what my last digit on my right hand was and so it kind of bends in a weird way and like just has a little curvature to it that doesn't make it look like it matches any of the other fingers on my left hand and so I just called him Phil the phalange for a really long time and even though I now know he's my middle finger he's still Phil it's just Phil of course yeah he'll always be Phil it's like I we were talking about like your personification of your foot and leg and I didn't even think to mention Phil. I in passing thought that you would bring it up and then we just sort of got on to other things. But I remember thinking afterwards, I'm really surprised that she didn't bring up I Phil. I didn't mention Phil. Dang yeah. it, I'm sorry, Phil. Now That's I right. Feel bad. You apologize to Phil. I know. But so, <laughs> so <laughs> what I was saying is Phil is shorter than a typical middle finger because it's set farther down Mm -hmm. um, because of the way my hand is shaped. And so if you cut off the last two fingers on a glove, I get all this extra length Mm -hmm. that is totally unnecessary and just kind of flops around. Because it's made for a typical middle finger that is the longest. That is the longest finger. Uh. And Phil is not the longest finger on my right hand. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So it's it's not always the best solution, but it's better. Um, It'll do. It'll do. (laughs) And then I found, when I found the Lucky Fin Project, I found the best company in the world. And they're called Mitts That Fit. And they make gloves and mittens for people with upper limb differences. And it's amazing. And so sadly, I believe they are currently on an indefinite hiatus. Oh, no. Yeah. But before they went on hiatus, I was able to get a pair of knit gloves that fit me perfectly hang on to I know and I lost one once but somebody called me because they were like this can't be anybody else's glove and I got it back wait how did they know it was yours Kristen what really well you didn't say which one you lost it was the right one I'm sorry well but also like it couldn't have just been a stranger then no I'm sorry it was um my former co-worker okay that was a good question yes it was I (laughs) I apologize for the look I gave you (laughs) so um so yeah, I, I love those gloves and they're great. The only thing is that we live in Ohio and it gets bitter cold here sometimes in the yeah. winter. And there are days when that wind chill is so high and so hard that knit gloves just mm. don't really cut it. So I am still seeking <laughs> the perfect pair of winter gloves and it'll be a lifelong quest, I'm sure. But like, I think... 
the best thing that could ever happen would be to have some custom made for me. But I mean, that's expensive. It gets really expensive. Yeah. So, I mean, for now, I have plenty of things that are fine that will work. But in the long run, one day I'm going to have myself a good pair yeah. of winter gloves. And there are there are days when when that feeling of it's fine or it'll do or it works well enough mm-hmm. seems a little bit more um, discouraging than yeah. other days. It's not often. Right. I don't often feel that way. But I still do have those days where it's just like, I wish this felt like it was made for me. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay to feel that way. It absolutely is okay to feel that way. It's, yeah. It's just let yourself feel it, acknowledge that it's a thing. But then, I mean, don't let it ruin your day. Yeah. I try not to, at least. Exactly. And the way the world is going right now, so many new developments are being made all the time. I feel yeah. like in our lifetimes, we'll you'll get a shoe that works for you and I'll get a glove that fits just right. Yeah. And it, you know, it may even be out there right now, the resource of the company that is doing this and we just don't know about it yet. And hopefully someone listening does and will bring it onto our radar for us. Yep. And then you'll be our next we see you because you're our new hero. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another thing about clothing that I had forgotten until pretty recently is I remember my mom used to have to safety pin the sleeves of some shirts for me because one of the right sleeve would be too long oh, and it would cover right. my it little would cover hand. your hand yeah oh. so I had like one hand that was just out and about and normal and one that was just flopping around in a sleeve yeah. and like I mean still to this day I'm holding my arms out right now and you can see like it covers a good portion of my hand yeah. the sleeve versus the, the sleeve of one. your sweatshirt is like down over your the like palm of your hand yeah on the right side that really is not something I find to be hindrance anymore because sleeves are very easily pushed up but as a little kid when everything's in the way anyway because you don't like know how to use your body Mm -hmm. um I remember she did that a couple of times had to safety pin a sleeve for me Eh, it is what it is yeah Yeah, that's one of the ones that doesn't bother me um one thing that I find annoying just and this is specific to me or other people like me because I love I really like creative socks yeah um So I went to a Catholic high school and pretty much our entire uniform was regulated. But at the time, they did not regulate what color or length or pattern our socks had to be. So that was your individuality. That was my thing. Weird or crazy or bright printed knee socks were (laughs) my favorite. I had a Nightmare Before Christmas pair. I had rainbow. I had tie-dye. I had... um, some that my uncle got me that are like a map of London. Oh, that's cool. And after I graduated, I think they did eventually regulate that your socks had to be like a solid (laughs) color in only like four options. Right. I made it through before they were able to do that. But um, a thing for me is with um, knee socks or over the knee socks, I absolutely love them. But in order to get the line mm. to match where it falls on my left leg I usually have to leave space at the in the foot like that in the makes toe. sense because it would come up higher yeah, because on your little right foot leg. is so much smaller and actually like shorter as a foot but then also because that leg is so much thinner it just if I pulled it all the way up it would be significantly higher up on my leg than where it lands on the left side so Someday socks. Yeah. And I have I have these over-the-knee socks that are like fox faces on them. And the fox's face is supposed to land like right over oh, your knee. Yeah. But 
on mine it would be askew so one fox is just a little taller i guess so or <laughs> no i usually i make i make them match and then i just deal with this extra right. fabric in my in my shoe well if you have a pair that you really love i have a sewing machine i could probably alter them for you just be my tailor <laughs> That's the thing. I've never really gone to a tailor for things, even though there are so many situations where one would be quite beneficial. We should explore tailors more. But for me, it's just like, oh, that's money. I'll just deal with it. Right. Exactly. I'll just make it work. Yep. Um, Yeah. (laughs) My other thing, my, I think it's my last thing about clothes. And this is specific only to when I had the, the metal hardware on my leg from my surgeries. Mm -hmm. It wasn't as bad in the summer months. And I'm pretty sure at least my first surgery, the majority of the time of it was in the warmer seasons. But getting pants up over that huge metal brace. Oh my gosh. Sometimes yeah. it didn't fit through the hole. No. So I remember, and even, this is weird to say, but especially as a little kid, you're a tiny little kid. Your yeah. legs and your body is so small. I don't even think my underwear at the time without snagging. Oh, wow. Because there were some, they like curved the ends of the pins down, but there were still some edges on that thing. So to avoid snagging it, I remember my grandma took a couple pairs of my underwear and some shorts and she cut the sides and then put Velcro on them for me. Oh my gosh. What a good solution that is actually. It was, it was great. And then- my second surgery when I was 13, it was ridiculous how baggy the pants I wore were. Aww. But at the time, these incredibly the flared pants were kind of, they were not in style to the extent that I had to wear them, uh, but they were at least available to me. Right. It was so, I don't, I don't even think I have pictures of that, but just, yeah. Oh, 13 man. year old me in my ridiculously baggy pants I guess I had never even thought about that the pants having to go over the halo yeah I mean that's yeah that is something you yep. would have to work out yep that's how we made it work velcro is a good idea velcro and some flare <laughs> <laughs> little flare oh yeah well the next one I want to talk about is one that is probably the most common question I get asked okay and it's it's twofold, it, and it both of them have to do with writing. Surprisingly, one of the most common questions I get asked is, "How do you hold a pencil?" Oh my gosh! And you I just, mentioned this, yeah. And I just always think, "How do how do you hold a pencil?" Like, pick up a pencil right now, Kristen. So Kristen right now is holding a pen, and she's holding it with three fingers. The other two are doing absolutely nothing. They're, they're free to move. They're just in the way. So, um. It, and it's funny, whenever people ask me, I either say, well, how do you hold a pen or a pencil? And they do it and they're like, oh. Yeah. Or I just pick one up and show them and they're like, oh, yeah, never mind. I guess that yeah. works. <laughs> I will say I, I occasionally hold it. I think it depends on how much writing I'm going to be doing. Sure. Sometimes I'll switch and I'll rest the pen on my my fourth finger, my ring finger sure. instead of my middle. And in that case, I guess, but like. I think a good portion of people write with three fingers. I think so. Yeah. It's either three or four. Your pinky does nothing. But you can do both. Yeah. Yeah. So I never had to adapt anything because that's just natural. Um, but it's just weird. It's so natural that people don't even 
they're realize like, oh, yeah. that they're not really using two exactly. fingers. Exactly. Yeah. And then the other one is typing, which is a <laughs> it, that's actually a bigger question because people are trained a certain way of typing. If you have ever taken a typing class, you learn those home row keys and. Mm-hmm. In a typing class, you are taught every single finger has a job and that's all 10 of them. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I was really lucky that I grew up with a dad who is a software developer. And so we always had technology in our house. I was on a computer from the time I was like two years old. I played Mickey Mouse Colors and Shapes. That was my computer game. <laughs> and it used the keyboard. And I don't know if he did this intentionally or not, but my dad was really smart to get me on a keyboard really young and let me figure it out myself. Yeah. Because I am, I'm actually a really fast typist. I average about 82 words per minute. Yeah. Um, I did a little typing test earlier so I could talk about it. So, which I think is higher than a lot of people. Yeah, that is pretty good. I was one of the fastest in my word processing class in high school. And it was funny, they, the teacher on the very first day of that class, we got introduced to the home row keys. And I just called her over very quietly and I said, hey, so this isn't going to work for me. And she, she just looked at me and she goes, I see. Yeah, and I said, I have a way of typing that has always worked for me. Mm-hmm. And she's like, can you show me? And I said, absolutely. And I showed her and she was like, that'll do. Because she realized – I was fast. There was nothing we needed to adapt to make me more efficient. So she just, I just skated through that class because everybody else had to relearn how to type, you know, quote unquote, the correct way. And I just already knew. So what happens for me when I type is typically my left hand covers a lot more of the keyboard than a typical person's hand does. So you just kind of shift the middle over. Exactly. Ah. So my right hand is responsible for probably everything from, if you're looking at a keyboard, like U, J, and N over Mm. my left hand gets all of the other stuff left of that that makes sense yeah and it it just works and I mean maybe I don't know if I'm explaining it very well so maybe I'll post a video of me just like typing something but yeah it's always worked for me and I really credit my dad and my mom with that for giving me computer access from like the time I was a toddler and just letting me run with it letting me develop my own system yeah anytime you can learn something like that especially if you have a limb difference that's going to affect it Mm -hmm. if you can learn those things at a young age that's so advantageous absolutely when it just comes naturally and you're not even thinking about it yeah yeah that's awesome how do you hold a pencil? <laughs> it's it, seriously the amount of times I have been asked that question throughout I my life. I get it. Like I do get it, but it's just funny that it's the most common question and it's the like least of your worries. I I saw I saw a story and I cannot for the life of me remember who it was online now of a young woman who was missing an arm and she got the same question, how do you hold a pencil? And she just slowly picked it up with her other hand. Oh, that's funny. It is funny. Just the things that people think to ask. Like, it's, yeah. it's funny to us because yeah. we just know how not we do way, it. Like, not to make fun of the people who no, ask questions. No. It's just the things that you don't think about if you don't have to. Yeah. And yeah. it's nothing that I'm, like, offended about. I actually get a kick out of it. It's a little joyous moment for me where I'm just like. Anytime we can find humor in this stuff. Yeah. It's great for it us. It is great. <laughs> Um, so I know you mentioned when we were prepping for this episode something about driving for yeah. you. So 
when I was learning how to drive, there was a, a little bit of discussion or just sort of thinking about would it be better for me to drive with two feet mm. or one? Just because I don't know how other people drive, but I'm assuming to switch from gas to uh, the brake that you don't move your leg much. It's an ankle motion. It's very ankle yeah. specific. So the question was if I would have to basically lift my entire leg, like basically like draw my knee up, move ah. it over and put it on the brake, would that be would my response time be affected? Would it be dangerous? Would mm-hmm. I not be able to control the amount of pressure I'm putting on the pedals? Right. And would it just be better for me to drive with two feet? Right. So I think at first I did use my left foot for the brake. Mm-hmm. And then something about that, even with learning it that way in the first place, just didn't seem right. Yeah. And I think, I don't even know who this was, but I think someone said to me, well, you know, that's illegal. Really? Well, it might have been at the time, but I looked it up to prep for this episode. I can't find anywhere where there is actually a law on the books that you're not allowed to, but it is not recommended because it's not safe. Because in a crisis situation, both of your feet might slam down. Oh, yeah. And then you're just confusing your car. You're going to wreck your car. First of all, it's more likely that you'll do damage if you do accidentally. Mm -hmm. Like have them both push down too much at the same okay. time. And then in a crisis situation, there yeah. was, there was reasoning behind the it. The reflexes kick in and then yeah. you've got a mess. Yeah. yeah. So not illegal, but not recommended. Honestly, I think after a few years of driving, it was just sheer stubbornness of like, <laughs> why am I doing this differently? I didn't even really give myself a chance to see if I could do it. And so for a while I sat on my left foot, I brought it up onto the onto the seat so that I wouldn't be tempted to use it and I just started driving with my right foot huh and that's how I just sort of trained myself out of that habit yeah yeah so now I drive with just my right foot so do you lift your whole leg up when you're switching I do I just yeah so instead of ankle movement it's just drawing your knee up towards you just yeah. slightly and just shifting my leg over it which it's not as dramatic of a motion as it probably sounds like it's yeah no it's I I've been in the car with you on many occasions you've driven me plenty of places and I've never noticed any like outrageous movement or anything from yeah. you in fact I I often forget that you don't have an ankle joint just mm-hmm. because you function as though you do in a lot of respects yeah and so I mean yeah, I, that had never occurred to me that you would have to actually lift your leg off of the accelerator and onto the brake and vice versa. Yeah. So, yeah. I just, I just have to move more of my more of my leg. Yeah, it's I very there, subtle, though. There are a lot of situations where I think my my knee and my hip joints compensate for whatever motion yeah, I'm lacking. That so, makes sense. Yep, that's how I drive. Yeah. But I, I had forgotten that that was even a thing for, you know, that time in my life. Yeah. Like, how is she, she going to drive? Yeah. Well... Well, speaking of not having an ankle joint too and driving and everything, like for me, I went on a bike ride this morning. And so I'm thinking about it and I I do, I think, have some ankle motion when I ride a bike. Mm-hmm. So what is that like for you? I guess it's just in my knee. It just is? Yeah. I've actually, sometimes I try to, because I know that little foot is stationary, sometimes when I'm doing something, I'll try to keep my left side stationary Uh at the ankle also and see how that feels and it feels so weird (laughs) yeah (laughs) but 
for for Littlefoot, it's just I don't know. My foot, I guess, just stays in place on the pedal, and it's my knee that yeah, it's that your knee that does all that motion, does all the rotation. It's yeah. amazing how other parts of your body just compensate automatically sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so as for other forms of exercise, like do you have any specific adaptations related to movement in general? Um, I don't know if I could ever be a runner. I don't sure. know if my if my leg or ankle could take that much just pressure mm-hmm. and that much um like impact. Yeah, that much impact. Yeah. Um, just it repeatedly. Is a, running is a high impact activity for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um I've just I've never really been a runner. Yeah, if you don't want to, why even worry about yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's like, oh, that'd be, I romanticize the idea. It'd be so nice. It'd be great to be a runner. Yeah, you should see me when I run. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I'd I'm probably be the same way. I am a wet tomato. It's probably for the best that I stick to, like, biking or just sure. walking and hiking. But um, but you walk a lot. I do walk a lot. I, I love to walk and go for hikes. Um, Let's see. So something else would be like squats uh-huh. so obviously your ankle bends for that but I think it's the same thing that we just talked about where I just the motion comes from my knee instead of from my ankle yeah and I'll sort of I'll brace myself on my toes as much as I can mm-hmm. uh, when I get down into a lower squatting position which is like exactly what they tell you not to do if you have typical features yeah <laughs> but-, <laughs> but, but I have to but make it work yeah and then um the other thing for like some yoga poses, I can't sit cross-legged. Ah, you know, in the in the standard, yeah, in cross-legged like the, position. Is that the lotus position? Is it? I, I think don't know. So um, I am not a yogi. Yeah, but just think about when you cross your legs like that. How your how your foot not only yeah. your ankle, but it like turns to the side and kind of up onto sure the thigh of the other leg. Sure does. I can't do that. All these things that like. I feel like we should have talked about this by now, and I'm, like, learning. <laughs> well, when have you and I ever – it's not like – if we'd taken a yoga class, we probably would have. That's true. We have not <laughs> taken yoga together. So, we should. Just for the hell of it. Let's see. I'll we'll document our I'll yoga. struggle in all of the, like, arm-based poses, and you can't sit cross-legged. In, like, be... plank positions, oh, and yeah. I'll just be like, I, I just have to sit differently. <laughs> so how would you sit like with your legs straight well, out now, in front of you? Now I have to think about it but hold on I'm gonna sit on the floor. Okay. Kristen is currently sitting on the floor. I'm narrating. She has she's kind of like a pretzel. She's sitting mostly cross-legged but her knee is slightly elevated on her right side. So her left leg looks like how I would sit cross-legged but her little foot I'm sorry little foot not her little foot is still like straight in alignment so it's it's basically like sitting cross-legged but just a little elevated on one side yeah you can do it it looks similar it's just slightly adapted that's how I do it yeah I don't know yeah we'll post a picture if any (laughs) if anyone cares I don't know (laughs) I feel like people like to see pictures yeah and it it and we need content (laughs) content um everything is content I'm a marketer everything comes back to content it comes in handy um yeah, so it looks slightly different. It doesn't completely pass as lotus position. Yeah, but it's I mean it's position. pretty dang close. It's close. It's it's still not the most comfortable thing for me. Um, but anyone who has an instructor or a coach who would get weird about you yeah. just adapting certain positions or movements or whatever, I've I've never encountered that. Yeah, so no, exactly. Any just, good coach is going to find something that works for you. Yeah. Or just trust that you know what works for you and yeah. that you're still doing 
like your closest version of what they're trying to do. Exactly. Like I had, I did a few sessions of personal training that came with a free gym membership that I got a long time ago. And I, I very explicitly stated to her, I was like, I have never done a push up. <laughs> they are very difficult for me. I still can't do a full one. I can get about a quarter of the way down and then I have to come back up. And um, so she modified it where, you know, most people are like, well, just do it from your knees. I'm like, no, you don't understand even that, you know. And so that's still a lot. It's still a lot. And it's I feel and the thing is, it's frustrating sometimes because I feel like my left arm could do it and my right just isn't there. So what the personal trainer did is she took one of those BOSU balls and it was one of the half ones. So it's like she put it on the floor and had me put my arms on that and it raised me just enough that I could do a full push-up at an angle. That's a good idea. Yeah. And so so just so just sort of take your entire the angle of your body to a less exactly okay and so I mean I see it sometimes as wall push-ups so people will lean against a wall and then what she just did is she did it on a lower level you know at a more significant angle and so um that's something I can do and I am sure I could work my way up to a full push-up mm-hmm. I just don't want to so <laughs> I mean I, I was thinking I hate push-ups and I have no excuse for my upper body exactly. to not be strong and capable I just I just hate them exactly I am I am so cardio focused in my exercise I really really enjoy running and walking and biking and hiking and all that sort of thing and of course I married a weightlifter (laughs) and he he I mean he's the kind of guy who can I think his deadlift PR is like it's over 400. I don't know. He lifts a lot of weight. But see, that's and great though because it's your weak spot. Exactly. So if you did want to, he could help you with and it. And what I was going to say is when COVID hit, we got a bunch of workout equipment that was just kind of in our garage. And we found that I was struggling with like bar and dumbbell exercises because mm-hmm. um, I, my grip is just not all there. And he was just like, well, you know, they make lifting hooks for people with typical limbs who just are lifting really heavy weight and need some pressure off of their fingers. Mm. And so I got a set of lifting hooks and I deadlifted 100 pounds. I didn't (laughs) know about those. And now I'm really curious. Yeah, it's because it's the same thing for me where it's like, I feel like the weight isn't the problem. It's just I can't grip it right yeah yeah look into those lifting hooks you can get them on amazon um i got a pair that are pink because that's who (laughs) i am as a person and i mean i like for me lifting a hundred pounds of anything is massive because i've struggled to lift heavy things my whole life partially because i'm just weak and partially because i have a limb difference that makes my grip strength a little bit lacking and so getting that lifting hook and like successfully completing a hundred pound deadlift was like pinnacle moment for me it was just really cool yeah so they make you are she-ra now I'm she-ra and I mean I've even seen um one-armed athletes competing CrossFit who just fashion these hooks for themselves and it works so there's a way to do whatever you want to do honestly it's it's, what a world yeah it's awesome it's cool I have notes for myself um, on my computer and I just want to make it very clear that I put exercise and hobbies in two totally different categories because for me. Sometimes you don't want to exercise. Exactly. So they can overlap, but it's not a 
Oh yeah, the Venn it, diagram is not a circle. It is my husband's hobby. I mean, it for for him it is a circle. For me, the circles are two and separate. So. <laughs> There's no overlapping. But no, honestly, running is kind of becoming a hobby for me. But like most of the time, I exercise because I know it's good for my health, not because I want to. So yeah, yeah. Okay, but hobbies. Yeah. So your your hobbies that are not exercise. My hobbies that are not exercise. Yeah. And both of us, when it comes to hobbies, I think we're very creative people. We know that about each other. Mm-hmm. So most of my hobbies are related to like music or crafts or acting. You do a lot of crafts. I do so many crafts. Okay. So and we kind of <laughs> talked about this with your um with your shout out to Tony earlier. Yeah. Um, but you also play guitar yes so um I'm very out of practice now um but she always says that and then when I do get to hear her play it's beautiful and amazing <laughs> well uh, from the time I was eight years old I took classical guitar lessons and mm-hmm. I did that up until um I think mid high school when I decided that I wanted to um get more serious about acting and rehearsals were just eating into my practice time and I had to choose what am I more passionate about what am I going to focus on and the theater kind of won out for Mm -hmm. me yeah um but I was taking lessons that whole time and I was so lucky to work with just an absolute master guitarist his name is Jim McCutcheon he's in Centerville and he owns McCutcheon Music Studios and my mom was always very adamant that I needed to play an instrument because I I was not like I said exercise has never been my thing. I I was a very sedentary child who turned into a very sedentary adult. So so you were not the child athlete. Maybe. I was not the child athlete. Okay. We tried martial arts for a little while. It it worked for a little bit, and then I hated it so much I quit like two months before I got a black belt. I've never <laughs> forgiven myself. But maybe she's musically inclined. <laughs> exactly. So she was like, you have to do something, and so. Um, I was eight years old and McCutcheon Music Studios was having a choose your instrument day. And I went in there and this this cracks me up. I went in there wanting to play violin. And literally like a day ago in the time that we're recording this, Savannah, friend of the podcast Savannah, um, posted on her Instagram that people always tell her how sad it is that she'll never be able to play violin. Like, that's the thing. Like, that's the thing. Which, first of all, how weird. Like, does she even want to play the violin? Second, she can totally play the violin. Just switch the hands, the dominant hand. Yeah. Like, it's whatever. Yeah, first of all, there's the assumption (laughs) that she couldn't. Yeah. But also, like, I think it's a normal thing where the thing that you think you can never or will never do for some reason it's like you forget to ask if you even would have wanted to exactly. in the first place. Yes. I would just say to people, do you play violin? Right. What's stopping you? Nothing. You can just flip an instrument. It's not that hard. So, <laughs> um, but I, I went in, I wanted to play violin and I went and I heard the violin and I was like, that sounds really squeaky. And <laughs> it just, it didn't jive with me. And so we were walking around and I heard Puff the Magic Dragon. That was the song. <laughs> Mr. McCutcheon was playing Puff the Magic Dragon and I walked into that room and I saw him playing that guitar and it, his guitar um, was a classical guitar and it just has this sweet tone to it that's like, I don't know how to describe it, it's just lovely and sweet and melodic and I immediately was like, that one, that's what I want to play and I, I don't remember much, but I think my mom said she had a little side discussion with him like, hey, so she has this hand and um, 
is there a way to work with that and everything? And he was like, oh, totally. We can totally do this. And so I started taking lessons with him. Mm. And basically, it's funny because really early classical guitar training involves a lot of just like, it's like walking with your fingers on the strings. So you only need two anyway. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you learn to walk with your fingers on the strings and that makes a dun, 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 dun. And that was the first step. Once I started getting into more complicated music, it involved a thumb for picking the lower notes and Mm -hmm. then two fingers to pick the higher notes. Then I got into even more complicated music where you would normally need four or five fingers. Right. And we always just adapted it. There was... On guitar sheet music, there are notations um, for what finger you're supposed to use to strike the string. Mm -hmm. So P means thumb, and I think it has something to do with Latin. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of sheet music does. I, index, M, middle, so on and so forth. And so where there would be a letter that I didn't have, he'd just cross it out, think about it for a little bit, and put the new letter there. And so there was always a way to substitute one of the fingers I have for a finger I didn't have. Mm -hmm. And then I I started getting into complicated music and there were songs that needed you to pick four strings at once or five strings at once, but not one of them, you know, because a guitar has six strings. Mm -hmm. And so he found a way for me to sweep my finger across two strings at once we practiced it and we worked hard on it and I was able to get it so that my it was typically Phil um that would hit two strings at once such a show off Phil. I know Phil's just the superstar the only one with a name (laughs) I need to name the rest of them out (laughs) but um yay Mr. McCutcheon thank you for everything you did yeah I didn't just play guitar I mean I played guitar pretty successfully so yay you should play it more. <laughs> I should play it more. I need to pick it back up. Yeah. Um, other hobbies for me, I mean, with crafting, I think the biggest thing that I've had to adapt was knitting. Um, I learned how to knit. And the way you hold the needles and wrap the yarn and everything. Yeah, I don't, I've never knit before. So this one, I saw that you had noted it and I was like, why would it matter for that? Because I would think of it like the same as holding a pencil, but apparently it's not. It's different than holding a okay. pencil. Yeah. So you hold knitting needles. Um, and I, I honestly, I'm not even sure how typical people hold them. But um. I know that what I have to do is when I'm knitting, I'll slip the right needle through the yarn. I grab it with my left hand and then use my right hand to wrap the yarn around and then pick the needle back up and pull it through. Okay. I believe... People with typical hands don't let go. I believe they're able to slip it through, use some of their digits to wrap the yarn, and then just pull it through. Oh, so they just constantly have some grip on it. I think so. If you're a knitter with 10 fingers, let me know if I'm wrong. But that's the thing. Like, how would you know if you learn things this way? It would be one thing if, you know, you had been born with typical limbs and then something happened, an accident or whatever, where then you didn't and you had to relearn how to do things right that you had previously done really well with typical limbs right that would be in my brain just so much harder yes but for these things a lot of it is just this is how we learned it and it just comes naturally and it's like I don't even know how you would do it differently exactly so I mean I've knit little baby sweaters for all of my cousins I crocheted a scarf you did crochet a scarf and that scarf is awesome I didn't use little foot to do it but I still did it (laughs) I did. Yeah. So um 
So yeah, and your musical as well. Yes. And I believe, okay, this is either going to sound really smart or really stupid. You do have to use your foot to play the piano. I do for the pedal. There so, it is. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I, yeah. <laughs> it's like, how, why would. Like, I thought I knew that pianos had pedals and yeah. I was going to be really smart or really dumb there. So. Well, they have, I, I never really got, I didn't take lessons to the point or to the level where I needed to use the other pedals. I've only ever used the sustain pedal, which okay. is the one furthest on the right on a piano. Okay. Um, and right now I just have my keyboard that I use for like writing music or we have a different keyboard for the band, but there's just one pedal Got that it. you connect to the keyboard. But I learned piano by using my left foot on the sustain pedal because of that ankle, the ankle motion. up and down the release and the press. Um, and it's, there's a very specific time and it, you have to like hit it just right. It depends on like when you hit the key, then you have to, to get the right notes uh, to sustain, you have to make sure that you lift your foot and push it. back down at the right moment. So I just had to learn with my left because it just was the side that had the ability to control the pressure and to have the nuance required to do it right. Sure. So when I'm just playing, I use my left foot for the sustain. Playing with a band has changed things up for me a little bit. I used to take a bench with me so that I would be sitting mm -hmm. on stage at my keyboard when we played. But the band is kind of like more of a like rock. Yeah. Like, yeah. There was, it, it's pretty high energy, even our downer music, you know? Right. And <laughs> our lead singer has such stage presence. Our guitarist, Tommy is just all over the place and yes. even drummers. Our drummer is amazing. And with just the arm movements, you're able to convey so much energy yeah. and movement, even though they're sitting still. You guys put on a very high energy show. Yeah. I just started to feel so stationary yeah. and blah when I was sitting. So I decided I was going to start standing. You're obviously still confined to being behind the keyboard, but it just gave me a little bit more flexibility to move around and mm -hmm. and feel like I was contributing to the energy of the <laughs> right. show. But now that I'm standing, it's like, well, I have to balance on little foot because I, if I need to use my left foot for the pedal, you have to have one foot constantly on the floor. So now it's little foot. Right. So that gets tiring sometimes. Sure. Right. Or I don't feel completely on balance all the time when I'm playing but I can't really use little foot for the pedal because I never learned that that coordination with my hands right because I tried it at first when I started standing up so that I could be on my left foot um and it's just it's a disaster oh no I, like it wouldn't seem like it would matter that much but it's just the timing was all wrong it's sure. just not something <laughs> it's not the way I learned it so now when I stand up to play at our shows Little foot is required to keep me on balance, which is not its strong. I didn't strong realize suit, you were doing the pedals with your left foot, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's how I how I learned. It was the better choice. I don't think I would be able to do it with little foot. It's not like driving. It's just so much more. Yeah. Like the small movements right. on that pedal can just change everything. For sure. Yeah. So that's how I adapted the pedal for piano. Awesome. Yep. Oh, I wanted to go back to one thing. Sure rollerblades ooh, for exercise yeah I was so excited when rollerblades came out and they got really popular and replaced 
roller skates. I was always pretty good at roller skating. It, it worked fine. Kind of just like a shoe. I just would need to make sure it was on tight. Mm-hmm. But roller blades were phenomenal for me. When everyone else was complaining or just noticing like how fixed your ankle stays in oh, roller blades, yeah. they were like, I don't like that it holds my ankle in place. Like it's weird not being able to move my ankle. Whereas I was like, you don't have to move your ankle for right? this. This is perfect. <laughs> so rollerblading for me is something that I love. And the one thing where I felt like like I had an actual advantage right. over other people. Because I'm like, this feeling is so... It's so natural. Yeah, this is how it feels for me all the time. That's fantastic. Yes, I love it. Well, that's all I've got. Gosh. Those were like the big things that yeah, I thought of. Those are the big things that I thought of. So, I mean, I'm sure there are other adaptations that we do in day-to-day life. And we'll talk about them as we think of them. But those are the big ones. Yeah. So I've just come to accept that there's going to be things, especially for editing when we go back and we listen to these episodes, there's just always going to be something that I either wish I'd said differently or I just realize I completely forgot. Right. (laughs) And sometimes it won't be important enough to come back to. But if there is something, I will make us circle back. For sure. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And if you're listening and you are somebody with a limb difference or you love somebody with a limb difference and you have a really cool adaptation to make something work for you or you know somebody who does something awesome, let us know and we'll shout it out on the podcast and just say, hey, here's what works for this person. I think that's always a really cool experience to hear about. Because clearly what seems obvious to us isn't always obvious. No. Right. Absolutely. I would love to learn new tricks. Yeah. All right. Well, that's adaptations, everybody. Woo, that that was a big one. It was a big one. It's this is a long episode, but it's I think it's worth talking about. So hopefully yeah. you didn't get bored and you're still with us and you enjoyed it. Yeah. Or if you if you think of something where you're just wondering how would they deal with this, write to us and we'll tell you. We'll tell you. All right. Until next time. All right, guys. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll be back soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.